Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. I want to talk today just briefly and address us as a church on the topic of a word. And that word is preparation. Preparation. Everybody say it. Say preparation. Preparation is a, is a concept that is not given, in my opinion, the due that is needed or the due that it deserves. And yet everyone goes about life expecting the, resu- the same results in their life as those who are prepared. Yes? No? Uh, as a as one who is kind of experienced in the area or arena of sport, it kind of tickles me at time to see, to know what it takes to get to the highest level of, of a sport and the labor, the effort that it takes, the preparation that has to go into place to be on that level or that platform, even temporarily. And yet to see young, aspiring student athletes make statements like, I'm going to go pro. And they say it so flippantly as if it's something that they can do just because they were born. Right? Oh, you've seen, you've seen, you know, graduates, you know that people who, everybody who started out with you didn't finish the race with you. Whether it be high school or graduate, whatever the case may be, It's because there's a level of effort, expectation, and preparation that has to go into you pursuing something that most people would not normally accomplish. And so I want to talk on the the concept real briefly, the concept of preparation. By definition, preparation means to get ready or to become fit for use. Graduates, you've gone through a time and a space of life where you have whether willingly or unwillingly, been preparing for crossing over that stage and going into embracing true adulthood where where within a few years, if not immediately, there's an expectation for you to become self-sufficient. If you anything like like my parents when I was growing up, uh, we had a a bit of a split mindset when it came to uh, what life would look like for the children in our home post-graduation. The, the man of the household had a mindset that you done graduated, so you ain't, you know, you ain't going to be laying around here just sucking up air conditioning, eating up all our food and drinking up all our water without having a plan to move forward in, with your life. But oh, thank God for moms. <laughs> Who would extend that hand of mercy unto us and say, baby, take as long as you need.
to get yourself in order. But the reality of the matter is the graduation in our society, it, it should mean something. It should mean that you have accomplished something. You have you finished one, one course, one level of preparation, and you should be prepared for the next phase of life. And so perhaps if you don't like the, op the options or the opportunities that you've been afforded post-graduation, perhaps in the next phase of life, you probably want to do a little bit better preparing during the phase of preparation that you're moving into. Because preparation does present opportunities. Got real quiet in this sanctified church. The reality is God, even God, wants his people to be prepared. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse number 1, that an heir, as long as he is a child, he differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Verse 2 says, but he is placed under governors and tutors until the time appointed of the father. Somebody say governors. Somebody say tutors. God places us under individuals who are skilled, trained, and have the profession to be able to prepare us for what's next in life. But he understands that when we come out of the womb, we are not fully prepared for what life will bring us. And so God wants us prepared. He told uh, uh, his nation Israel in the book of Joshua chapter 3, he said, sanctify yourselves. He told them through Joshua. He said, sanctify yourselves because tomorrow you're going to see wonders. God is going to do wonders amongst us. Well, see, we all want God to do wonderful things in our lives. We all want to see the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, but we forget about the process of sanctification. We, we don't always fully embrace and acknowledge the fact that we must consecrate ourselves. We must position ourselves. We must prepare ourselves for what God is going to do in our lives. Because I'm of a persuasion that in order for us to experience the fullness of the supernatural, I must first maximize my natural. And so we must be prepared. We must embrace the reality of preparedness. There are things that happen in life. Think back over your life. You've experienced things where you said, man, if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have handled that thing differently. Right? So we acknowledge even in and of ourselves that preparation can empower us to be more effective in things when we know more, we can do more. When we have more, we can acquire more. Even the Bible says, to whom much is, who, who, to who, he who hath, more will be given. Why? Because if you're handling your business, then God can entrust you with more. I came across a few quotes that I wanted to share with you today, especially graduates, so that you can embrace the importance of preparation. A few of these quotes come from uh, people that I know, uh, uh, personal acquaintances. The first uh, is a, qu a quote that says, if you will... Uh, stay ready, then you won't have to get ready. That's Tim Walton of Ohio State football. That's a, a local, a local uh, I guess we can call a local hero, sports hero. But he has a, a, an, a, an initiative called Stay Ready. Because if you understand that if we, when, we, when we have the opportunity, when we meet the opportunity, if we're trying to get ready when we're in the face of the opportunity, you ain't going to get it. You, ain't gonna get, you can lie on that resume all you want to. You ain't going to get it. Or if you get it, you sure ain't going to keep it. So if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Next quote that I came across uh, was another friend and another acquaintance. And I believe I've quoted this one before, but his quote is, if you will either rise to the level of your skill or you will fall to the level of your preparation. 
Oftentimes, we like to uh, depend on our gift to get us wherever we need to be. Because the Bible says our gift will make room for us and bring us before great men. It does say that, but it does not say that it will get you the job, nor does it say will it keep you before the presence of greatness. Your gift gives you the opportunity. But preparation will allow you to be sustained. That's Brentson Buckner of the Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars, another local sports hero. Another one that I came across that I thought was really cool. This was, it, it was from a guy who just got drafted, uh, Malik Willis of the Tennessee Titans. He made a statement. He says, you should pray as if it's up to God, but you should prepare as if it's up to you. You see, the point is that there's a balance to this thing. Sure enough, we pray. Sure enough, we believe. Sure enough, we envision. Sure enough, we hope for great things and aspire and desire to do and accomplish great things. But where the rubber meets the road or where if we make one step, he'll make two comes into play is when we start taking action on what we're believing God for. When we begin to put our faith in action, James, the the great apostle, said in this way, he says, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. And so my actions, my preparation, my willingness to to put my hand to the plow even when I don't see rain, my willingness to begin to put in work even when I don't see the opportunity being a reality, my willingness to continue to work and labor even when there's no reason, there's no indication that what I'm believing, hoping, or praying for is going to take place, my willingness to continue to prepare, it moves God. Paul, the apostle, told Timothy in 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 2, chapter 4, verse number 2, he says, so here's what you need to do. He says, you need to be instant. You need to be ready in season and out of season. You need to always be uh, uh, getting yourself in a position where at any moment, whenever what you're believing God for presents itself to you, you can maximize it. Graduates. We were coming up on graduation. Did we have to go back and turn in some assignments to make sure that we teeter-tot across that stage? If so, and you made it, praise God, but, but learn from it, right? Learn from it. Learn from it. Don't put yourself in a position, look at somebody and say, don't you be condemned now. You done crossed now. You done, you done, you done got your cap. You done, you, done, you done switched your tassel, and you ain't going back to that place never no more. But, 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 but learn from it. Don't allow yourself to be in a place of procrastination so much so that you, uh, that you are losing weight and, 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 and sickly walking across the stage because you did not prepare. It's not a good feeling. It's a good feeling to be able to be a month out from graduation and just be able to kick back. Don't even go to school. Come on, come on somebody. That, that's that type of favor. That's that type of knowing I want. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You done turned in so many assignments. You done made such good grades. They tell you, you know what? You don't even got to come to school this week. What if we were so prepared in the things of God that it didn't matter what adversary was coming our way? We didn't have to watch now. We didn't have to wait until the enemy came to start praying, fasting, and asking God to come through for us. We had such a memorial built up for God in prayer and intercession that when the enemy came, we was chilling, sipping on uh, 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 some Coca-Cola. I 
start to say what y'all really sip on. Yeah, come on in here. Come on in here. Well, we, we have the mind of Christ, Elder, where, where Jesus said, if the enemy come, let him, let him come. I'm too prepared. He ain't going to find nothing in me that identifies with him. Someone say preparation. And so preparation is important. There's a scripture that God placed on my heart to share with you, a passage, Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read the Bible a little bit in here today, and we're going to get you out of here. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 1 through 10, is a, and a great example, in my opinion, of the importance of preparation. It's the, it's the testimony Jesus gives or a parable that Jesus teaches, the concept of preparation concerning eternity, eternal salvation or your eternal abode. He teaches it from a concept that there are these 10 young ladies who are called 10 virgins, and the Bible says that five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. And uh, these uh, virgins are waiting for a bridegroom to come. God Almighty, this is the different, different days back then that you could have 10 brides to, to, to choose from. I guess I'll depict it kind of like the TV show The Bachelor. Oh, y'all don't want to go there in church. Okay, I won't use that example. I'm just... I'm just saying, I'm trying to paint a picture for you, that these 10 have an opportunity before them. And so as, as they are, as they are uh, in waiting for the bridegroom to come, uh, they, are, they are, are asked to rest and wait. And, they, and, and while they're waiting, the Bible says they get their lamps and uh, they prepare to, to have the, the light during the nighttime at the hour, at the late hour that the, the bridegroom comes. And so, and so of course... It gets late. They have their, their, their uh, lamps, and the Bible goes on to say that five of them are wise enough to have oil to keep their lamps burning, and five of them just come unprepared. And it goes on to say that at, when they least expected it, there was an alarm that was sounded, and the, uh, the clarion went out, hey, the bridegroom is here. Go ahead and trim your lamps and get ready because now he's about to, the, the wedding is about to begin. Watch. There are five of them. They have their oil already. They pour it in there and they trim it. And then there are five. The other, those are the wise ones and the foolish ones. The Bible says that they look to the wise ones and they say, hey, let me get some of your oil because I don't have any. Let me have some of what you prepared for because I'm unprepared. There perhaps will be uh, situations, graduates, that you'll walk into in this next phase, whether it be college, whether it be career, whether it be military, whatever it is that you're walking into, where you will have prepared yourself, and yet there will be other individuals who simply have not put in the work. And it would be a shame and a scandal. It is not your responsibility to take from what you prepared with and make sure that they are prepared. Don't put yourself in that situation. Don't let the kindness of your heart say, well, well they're going to fail. They need to. See, perhaps that's the problem in our society today and the reason that we're seeing such, a, such a, 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 an influx and abundance of people struggling because we keep getting people out of their foolishness. We keep saving people out of their ruts that they themselves have gotten themselves into, and so they don't get better, they don't grow from it, and you learn, you'll understand that it's a, a cycle that they stay in because when they fail again, they come right back to the spout that helped them out of that last time. What is God saying to us? We need to perhaps start allowing people to learn from their mistakes, to learn from their failures, and be man or woman enough to mature and grow. Because welfare was not made for a lifetime. Okay, no, no, no. That, 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 that wasn't what it was made for. It was made to get you through a season until you can sustain yourself. And so 
And so if, if you're smart enough to manipulate the system and keep pulling from it all, the, all along, why don't you use that same brilliance and find a way to prepare yourself to get out of it? Talking mindset now. But these young ladies, these young ladies, they, they, their mindset was warped because they assumed that because someone else had prepared that they could pull upon someone else's preparation to get where they want to go. That's not how life works. At some point, your lack of a willingness to prepare will surface, and if you're not careful, it will happen at the most inopportune time, and if, you, and if, it's, if it's not for the grace of God, you might lose everything that you have built up to that place for. Somebody say it's important to prepare. I wanted to get to verse number 10 because I think verse number 10 is really important in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 10, is a very important part of the, 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 uh, the passage. After these young ladies told them no, they were wise enough to say, no, I'm not giving you what I prepared with. They said, go find somebody that's selling oil and buy some and come on back so you won't miss the bridegroom when he comes. And so they, they understand that these wise girls are not going to move off their, off their mark. Verse 9 says, uh, and they um, go and buy for yourself. Verse number 10. Uh, I want y'all to read this with me. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 10. If you have it, say, I have it. If you see it, say, I see it. All right, if you read it, let's read it. Ready, read. And while they, what happened? The bridegroom came and what happened? Woman, read that part again. And they that were what? If you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. They that were ready or they that were prepared, you'll either rise to the level of your skill or you'll fall to the level of your preparedness, right? They who were ready, those who were prepared, you'll either pray, you can pray like as if it's up to God, but you'll prepare as if it's up to you. You're prepared. Those who had prepared, those who were ready, what did they do? Went in with him to what? To the marriage and what happened? And the door was shut. Here's what God wanted me to get to you. There are doors of opportunity that are open only for a season. Young people, please hear me. There are spiritual doors. There are professional doors. There are relational doors that are only open for a season. Shucks, if you wait too long for somebody to see that you're looking cute in your outfit, you might move on to the next Boaz to see if, if he's going to love on you the way that you prepared yourself to be loved on. There are seasons of opportunity. There are doors of opportunity that will only be open for a certain amount of time. So you don't want to, during the season, try to prepare for the opportunity. I sense this by the Spirit. I sense the urgency. Here's what God wanted me to communicate with you today. That there is a spiritual urgency for you as believers to get yourself prepared. Stop sitting and waiting. One thing about this pandemic that we could have maximized, we were at the house more than we had ever been at the house before. And instead of cutting corners, trying to figure out how to get out of work or trying to figure out how to clock in to work and not do the work, instead of doing all those things, we could have made that as an opportunity to prepare ourselves for the next season. See, what we don't realize is our society has changed. It's already changed. It's, some of you are noticing it now, 
But during 2020 and 2021, the way that our culture did work and how we interacted and the way the industry was moving, it took an abrupt change. And if you did not sense it, discern it, and prepare for it, in the next five years, you're going to see what you were doing come to an end and you're going to be looking, trying to figure out, God, what is we going to do? We is going to prepare because we are hearing the clarion call of God to say prepare. Here's what Jesus, here's what John the Baptist had to do for Jesus. He had to say the kingdom is coming. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And not moments later, Jesus came on the scene saying you better repent because I'm about to manifest precisely what John told y'all to get prepared for. I feel the anointing of John the Baptist in this room saying you better get ready. You better get yourselves ready. Graduates, now is not the time to waste, skip class, figure out, take a gap year and figure out what you're going to do with your life. No, now is the time to prepare, to be serious about your godly purpose and to treat now as if tomorrow God is about to do wonders amongst you. Somebody say, I got to prepare. I'm almost out of time. Those who were ready went into the marriage and the door was shut. If you keep reading, it says they came all late. The foolish virgins came all late after they had went and prepared during the season. And they knocked on the door. Little pig, little pig, let me in. And I can imagine the bridegroom saying, not by the hair. Oh, I was just trying to see if y'all were still with me. The point is, once the door is shut, once the door is shut, it's shut. Once the opportunity is over. It's over. You cannot use now to prepare for now. The beauty of this moment, the beauty of time is we all get the same amount of it. No one gets more time than we are given. No one is afforded more than the same 24 hours in a day. It's all about what you choose to do with the 24 hours that you receive in one day. The 168 hours that you use in one week. Will you use it Twitterizing, Facebookizing, and Instagramizing? observing and expiring and, and liking and loving on what other people are doing or are you going to prepare yourself for somebody to like, share, and love what you are doing when your season or your opportunity comes because now you are preparing for it. I tell you this much, I'd much rather spend my time fulfilling purpose and observing other people like what I'm doing then spend all of my days liking and wishing on what somebody else is doing. Shucks, if you're going to spend your time on social media, leave and make some money off that joint. Prepare yourself, create some videos that people like. Dawn. Look at your neighbor and say, Dawn. See, I kept you from cussing at church. Praise God. Because y'all know what you would have said at the, on the street corner. There's an urgency. There's a sense of urgency in the spirit, and we need to make sure that we maximize. Elder London preached the paint off the walls in this church last Sunday, two Sundays ago, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. 
But one of the things that she said, the first thing she heard God say is divine acceleration. If it be that God is picking up the pace, that means we cannot waste time just twiddling our thumbs, procrastinating and being idle. If God is in the urgent mode, if God is accelerating the times and the seasons, then we have to keep up with God. We have to pick up the pace and we have to ready ourselves for what God is getting ready to do. So we must prepare. Somebody say we must prepare. So I want to be fair. How do we prepare? How do we prepare? Four things that I want to share with you, and then I'll get you out of here for the day. Four things that we must consider in order to properly prepare. Key number one, in order to prepare, you must evaluate where you are. You must evaluate what you're doing. and You must do like the Bible says in Luke chapter number uh, 28. Luke chapter, excuse me, 14, verse number 28, where it says that we must count the cost. I want you all to see that. Let me, let me get my quick reference real quick so that we all can see what God is saying. Do you see what I am saying? No? Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Luke chapter 14, verse number 26, it says, for which of, which of you, this is Jesus posing a question, he says, for which of you intending uh, to build a tower sitteth not down first and what counteth the cost you weren't there my apologies whether he have sufficient to finish it you must evaluate before you take on a task it's common it should be common sense if not common sense definitely wisdom to look at where you are what you have and if you have the ability to finish what you start somebody say I got to evaluate got to count the cost Point number two, we must sharpen our skill. During the time of preparation, after having evaluated where we are, if we have what we need, then we sharpen our skills. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, verse number 10, if the iron be blunt or dull and he do not wet or sharpen the edge, then he must put more strength. He must work harder. In other words, translation, if you have an axe and you're trying to cut down a tree, but the axe is dull, you're going to have to put forth a lot more effort in order to accomplish the task. And so if God is accelerating us, if God is putting us in a posture of being urgent, then we can't wait until it's time to chop down the proverbial tree to get to chopping. We have to sharpen our axe during the time of preparation. So whatever your skill is, you need to start getting better at it. If you feel like you're average, then you need to work and sharpen yourself to be good because average people will get looked over when things are in dire need. Because you ain't got time to be average. You're trying to move to a greater place. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You don't know what I, I just get tired. I get tired. We all get tired. We all get tired. That's part of life. But you got to fight through the tiredness and be your best self. When they come to find you, you can't look like everybody else if you want to be the one to win can't look like just the average Joe or the average Jane if you expect to get the job. Your, your resume got to look better. Than it. it has to have something on it that looks better than everybody else's. Any HR people in here can attest to that. You're going to throw a heap of them in the trash, but it's one of them or two of them that's going to stand. Now you can say, we're going to call him or her back. Why? Because they, apparently they have sharpened their skill. They, they're not having to, here, here's the saying, they're working smarter, not harder. They're willing to work hard, but with that hard work, they work smarter. So that means whatever your skill is, whatever you are good at, don't waste your time. Uh, here's a, a little concept that I live by. I, I, I focus on my strength more than I focus on my weaknesses. That's what the process of salvation is all about. 
Jesus said, in your, in, I'm, I'm made in your, in your weakness, I'm strong. Well, God Almighty, I'm trying to end the message, but as believers, we can't spend all day trying not to sin. It's too many lives to be saved. It's too many people that need prayer. It's too many people that's on the brink of giving up, giving up hope. They need to see you shining your light. I'm going to get to that next Sunday. They need to see you being your best self, not trying not to be your worst self. There's a difference. There's a difference in you being the best version of yourself versus you just trying to make it in. Okay, I'll get up off of that. I'm going to preach, but I'm going to have to go into the next message to preach. Next concept, after having evaluated and after, after having sharpened your skill, you must create and work a plan. There's a saying out there that says, if you don't plan, you do plan, but your plan is to what? Is to fail. Bible talks about that in the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of wisdom in there. Proverbs chapter 21, verse number five, write it down and review it in your own time. It says, the thoughts or the plans of the diligent tend only to plenteous. God almighty, I like that. The plans of consistent preparatory people, they always prosper. They always walk in abundance. Come on in here. Don't y'all want to not have to take out a loan just to get, you know, something small in your life? Don't you want to be in a place of, of, of not having so many burdens on you that you can barely make it through? Financially, relationally, whatever the case may be. Well, here's the key. Start making plans. Start making a plan. Start strategizing. Because I promise you, God will anoint your plan. God is a God of vision. God didn't just say, hmm, what am I going to do today? You know what, Jesus, we ought to make a world. Hmm, what the world going to look like? I don't know. I'm going to just boom, there it is. No, God is omniscient. He's a strategist. You look, there are some creatures that we have not even, have not even discovered yet. Some creatures we don't want to discover. They look so strange. But God strategically planned those to be there. Y'all think about it. If in the, in the process, or as we call it in our uh, secular terminology, the circle of life, God planned all of that. Ain't nothing, there's nothing that, wait, that is wasted in the world. In the natural cycle of life, it all takes care of itself. Why? Because God made a strategic plan. He created and worked a plan. So why is it that we just going, I'm going to wait on the Holy Ghost? You keep waiting on the Holy Ghost. You'll have a moment. I'm almost done. You'll have a moment of spiritual heightened, almost feeling like ecstasy. And then when that moment is over, you'll have nothing to show for it. And that is not, watch, the plan of God for you. Out of this revival we're in, it is springboarding the vision of our church possibly for the next 10 to 20 years. You don't know it yet, but guess what? I'm planning it. Because I got good God common sense, Elder. If God is doing all of this abundant outpour, I'm not just going to let this be a shout. You can if you want to. But what I am doing, what I intend to do is leverage this move of God and cause for the next 10 to 20 years, our church going to be straight. I'll be able to retire and pass the torch on to somebody else and they will be in a better situation when they start than I am when I let the reins go. Why? Not because God is good all the time. 
Not because the prayers of the righteous avail much only, but because the plans of the diligent attend only to plenteous. So we're going to create a plan and we're going to work it. You listening, graduates? Last point and we're done. Last point is, should be the most obvious after you've evaluated, after you have sharpened your skills, after you have created and worked and began to work your plan. Lastly, practice, practice, practice. And when you've practiced till you feel like you can't practice anymore, practice some more. A good friend of mine, he talked about the fact that when he was in high school, he went out for the basketball team and uh, he made it just by the skin of his teeth. If his teeth had any skin on him, he made it just by that. And so the coach told him, he, said, he went and talked to the coach. He said, how would I do, coach? He said, oh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with your game that about 10,000 shots can't fix. So he heard what the coach said. And from that day forward, he started tracking himself, counting how many shots he would shoot. Every time he would shoot, he would just shoot. He would shoot. He would shoot. And he would calculate all the way up going up to 10,000. And then he noticed that his scoring started becoming more increasing in the game. And the team started to depend on him more because he was more effective. Why? Because while they were sleeping and chilling, he was, he was practicing. He was intentionally preparing himself to do better. And then after that season, Talked back with the coach, and he said, man, you, you did a great job. You made a lot of progress. Coach just said, just keep doing what you're doing. So what he did was now he starts shooting and only counting baskets that he made. So he's shooting. He's shooting. And he's not just shooting 10,000 shots. Now he's making 10,000 shots. So he went from, watch, he went from barely making the team that year to after graduating, getting a scholarship to play basketball in college. Why? Because he practiced. He admittedly said, I was never the best person, the most skilled, the most athletic, the most natural basketball player on my team. But I practiced so much. I took to heart what my coach told me concerning preparation and practice that I worked my way to be more effective, though they might have been more skilled, though they might have been more fluid of an athlete. I worked myself to be more effective as a shooter, and anybody know the game of basketball, all y'all know how to drive and make it to the basket. But if you can shoot that ball, come in here, uh, what that man name, what that man name, Steph Curry. Steph Curry got, he done ran through three teams so fast, bless their heart. The MVP of the league, he owed that woe out. Uh, then uh, Ja done, you know, done hurt his whole knee trying to beat him. And now, what's the name of that team? Dallas. Mavericks. Thank you, Elder. It's just hard to get past somebody when they can put that ball in that hole. What's my point? Practice. 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 You can never practice too much. Because when you practice, you're preparing as if it's up to you. But when you walk out your faith, you're leaving it as if it's up to God. Ways to prepare. Evaluate. Sharpen your skill. Create and work a plan and practice. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 10, this is Paul, excuse me, verse number 7, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He says, refuse the profane and old wives' uh, fables, but exercise rather unto godliness. That term exercise is directly means practice. Practice godliness. As believers, the reason perhaps that we get caught off guard and we lay down our religion 
is because the only time we practice church is when we're at church. Y'all, it's supposed to be a way of life. It's supposed to be a way of life. We should be exercising our faith. When you first get up in the morning, you need to practice your faith. When, you're, when, you're, when you have a moment before you go to sleep, you need to practice your faith. When you're out on your job, you need to practice your faith. There should be no separation between your God relationship and anything else that you do in life. Might as say practice. Preparation is the word of the day. And my prayer is that you will take it to heart, put it into action, because when you do, He will make your way prosperous and he will give you good success. Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.